The Richmond Football Club in 1980, in the seniors, Michael Roach kicked over 100 goals. In the reserves, Mark Jackson kicked over 100 goals. And in the under-19s, Peter Lane kicked over 100 goals. This podcast interview is with Peter Lane, a man who has never spoken in depth about his time at the Richmond Football Club until now. G'day, Rat. How are you? Are we able uh, to have a quick chat? Is that okay? Yep, no worries. All right, here we go. Well, this is a thrill for me because I'm speaking to Peter Lane. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm well, Rat. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. And it is a thrill for me because when I was pottering around the Richmond Museum with Roland and Ronnie Rifle and Bill Meeklin and that sort of thing, your name would be brought up occasionally or there's your photo on the wall and people would come in and say, whatever happened to Peter Lane? And I thought, well, <laughs> why don't we just try and track him down and ask? So, Peter, my question is, whatever happened to Peter Lane? <laughs> well, uh, I'm a footnote in history, as you've learnt. I, um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, over the years, radio various occasionally, you know, not, not to make a big thing of it, but occasionally my name would get mentioned in a trivia question on the radio as the as the third goal kicker or, uh, and it kept, you know, I thought it might go away after a few years, but it kept happening and it's now 40 years down the track and it's probably happening more than it ever has and, uh, you know, I'd be sitting at work and uh, all of a sudden my phone would go off like a, like a pokey's jackpot or something and that'd be, you know, friends or family saying, you know, they're, they're on the radio, they're looking for you, but um, I'd never, never sort of replied. I didn't think it was, you know, a massive big achievement at the time and, uh, um, yeah. but uh, then you got in contact with a couple of my old mates and, uh, uh, at lunch one day, they said you should should give Red a call, so, um, so yeah. I responded to your your inquiry. So, am I right to say, like you you haven't really spoken about your Richmond career, have you? No, no, not not uh, not really at all, Red. Even uh, the people I know very well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I know that I, look. So I know you're you're quite you, you you might be introverted about that. So I appreciate taking a few moments for a chat. So thank you for that. Yeah, uh, no, you did mention. 1980, that's the year where Richmond had three goal kickers over 100 goals in a season. Yep, that's right. Um, and that's, that's the footnote, of course. Um, so, uh, I mean, it was a great year, really, and I know you've spoken to a few others about it, but um, uh, we made some great friends there, and uh, as you know, we still catch up with them occasionally for a couple of beers and lunch, so uh, it's an enduring uh, enduring part of uh, part of life. So for those who, are, who who listen to this podcast, we're talking Michael Roach kicked over 100 goals in the seniors, Mark Jackson in the reserves over 100, and how many did you kick for the under-19s in 1980? Well, I, 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 know, I think of the record books say 116, and someone's pointed that out to me before, but I'm not sure the records are... Huh? Accurate because, um, uh, well, you don't include finals, do you, in in the overall total? But my mum used to keep track of it religiously, even though she wouldn't go. And she had every footy record. And um, I remember looking back at it some years ago, and there were some totals late in the season there exceeding 116. So I I wasn't sure whether they were always quite right, but I never bothered to do anything about it. Yeah, I might after this I'll have a bit of a run through and see what I can find. But um, yeah. I'm of the impression that 116 includes the final series, but you're saying it might be more than that. 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it, if it's look, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest. I'll check the archives, Peter. Yeah, I would say. That's I'll send you a text when I find out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've been, I've been sitting on that one for forty years. <laughs> forty years you've been waiting for someone to, that's right. to calculate it. Someone, someone count for me, please. <laughs> I actually started looking through the the record because I've got a good collection of footy records, and yep. I was looking there, and I don't mean this badly. You started off pretty slow, Peter. You kicked a goal in the first game and then nothing in the next two. Is that right? <laughs> and then you went five, five, six, six, nine, five, four, four, five, eight, four, five, six, ten, five, 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 six, three. There's the and then the grand final you kicked six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know that either, Rat. I um someone actually uh, pulled out an old footy record from nineteen seventy nine a year or so ago and um, I played about eight or ten games that year and then broke my ankle. Um, uh, but I couldn't recall early that year in 1980. Yeah. Um, I would have been playing full forward too, so 0 0, I'd probably like to get another game. <laughs> How did you. 1979 was your first year with the under 19s, correct? That's right, yeah. How, how did you break your ankle? Just, look, I don't exactly recall, Red. I think I was sort of in a tackle or, uh, you know, ended up in a pile on the ground and. Um, uh, was it you then kicking for? Wasn't, wasn't aware it was broken. Oh. Um, but it <laughs> wasn't obviously a terribly bad break, but um, sort of hobbled off the ground and then couldn't couldn't walk again for a couple of weeks. So uh, I'm not sure which ankle it was. They're both uh, a bit arthritic now, so oh, right. could have been either one. But um, uh, So that was the end of that season really for me. And um, uh, then back again, back again next year. Now, who was coaching Richmond thirds at that stage? Uh, first year was Paddy Ganone. Oh, Wayne Walsh. What was Wayne Walsh like as a coach? <laughs> he's a funny guy, Wayne. He, um, like he's a good guy. Um, but I was never, I couldn't read him. I was never sure whether he was having a joke, which he did occasionally, or whether he was deadly serious, which he was also occasionally. And I'd routinely get him wrong. <laughs> so he'd say something to me and I'd laugh at him and uh, that'd be it. I'd, off doing, I'd be off doing Indian file for the rest of the night or, or sometimes he'd um, tell me to go and do something and uh, I'd go and do it and he'd be sitting in the middle giggling. <laughs> <laughs> so we was uh, I just couldn't get him couldn't get him right but he's a, he's a good guy and um, you know I think uh, he's a good coach to have through that year he sort of um, uh, did what each player required sort of in their own style and um, coached them all sort of individually rather than as a, as a big group and uh, I know a lot of the blokes talk quite, quite highly of him mm. How old were you in 1980 when you uh, kicked 116 or so goals we'll say <laughs> I must have been 18. Um, so I think I think Mum and Dad held me back from going down to Richmond when I was doing uh, HSC as it was then, and um, oh, wow. I was a young young kid in that year. Um, and so yeah, 18, possibly turning 19 in in that year in that footy season, I'd say probably. So I'm not sure what the cutoff date was, yeah. but. Uh, in that second year, I was amongst the older crew, not the youngest, so probably turning 19 sometime that year. And you came from Blackburn Juniors? I did. Was um, that Richmond area? It was at the time, oh, yeah. Right. So um, we, uh, we as a family moved down from New South Wales. Um, 
When I was about 12-ish. And, um, Were you born in New South Wales, Peter? Yeah, oh, born, right. born and bred up there and played rugby league for, for um, all of my life until we got to Victoria, of course, and then uh, lived in Box Hill for a while and then Dad built a home in Blackburn and uh, went to the local primary school there. I remember um, not being able to play Aussie rules at all <laughs> for a few years and um, then one day it just suddenly clicked, so um, you know, worked out since then. We nearly lost you to rugby league, did we? Uh, not sure I was cut out for rugby league, right. but um, t- too young to know. But uh, that was the game we played up there, and uh, that's the one I sort of grew up loving. And uh, um, didn't have that uh, Aussie rules gene that most people in Melbourne, well, all people yeah. in Melbourne, just about have. I think uh, sort of developed that later on in life. Does someone from Richmond come down and watch you play? Is that what happens? Or do you join us like a skill squad sort of thing and you sort of work your way up there? How did that sort yeah. of the connect happen? Uh, there, were, there were people watching, I think. And, um, were you full forward? Uh, no, I played, I think I was playing centre-half forward, or, okay. or, which is where, I, in fact, I played most of my life other than that year or two at Richmond. Um, so the sort of blokes would come up to you after the game and talk to you, but you never know. You know, whether they were fair dinkum or not. And, um, but I think what happened was uh, when I was about 15, I played my first Eastern Footy League First Division Seniors game for Blackburn. And um, so they pushed me up and uh, played against uh, East Ringwood that day, who, who was captain coached by a bloke called Ron Thomas, and I actually played on him. And uh, he, he was a Richmond guy. And I think he said to Richmond, uh, come and come out and grab this kid. So I think that's probably the way it happened. I wasn't part of the Essex Heights, Essex Heights oh, right. crew, the under-16 scholarship yeah. squad. So you came, in, you came another way to Richmond, we'll say. I did, yep. I don't, yeah. I, um, yeah, it's just, I don't, don't recall it all that well. <laughs> it's all a bit hazy, no, no. a long time ago now. Um, but just, you know, lobbed down there for pre-season, uh, one year and um, just took it as it came. Did the thirds train separately? They did. Um, uh, yeah, so they were quite separate, really, in those days, I think. Um, uh, although some of the guys knew a lot of the senior yeah. guys, and um, you know, most of the senior guys were all really good guys, too, and have a chat to you if they saw you and all the rest of it. But um, Pretty much, well, very separate. I don't think we're ever there when the seniors are there. Everyone trying to punt road and uh, wasn't a big ground in those no. days. And I think there was a cricket pitch in the middle of the ground, probably, as well. Yeah, could have been, yeah. So you couldn't, go, couldn't run through there very much. Um, <laughs> Didn't get that far up the ground. <laughs> <laughs> For those who never saw you play, Peter, and I should say to those listening, if you go to YouTube, there is footage of Richmond's under 19s 1980 grand final on oh, YouTube. Uh, you make an appearance, Peter, as you do, because you kick six. Yeah. Um, for those who never saw you play, what made you such a strong goal kicker? Uh, well, I actually wasn't a great kick at that stage. Um, oh. I probably kicked as many points as I did goals, and uh, one of the things they did to me down there was try and make me lean forward a lot more. I think they thought the problem was in the ball drop, and... Um, so if there is any footage, you'll see me leaning right over with the ball just to be out off, off the okay. toe of my boot, um, which made it hard to kick any distance, and I don't think it didn't work for me anyway. So um, okay. kicked a lot of points, but um, 
I think what I did have was uh, I was pretty quick off the off the mark and um, hmm. could could jump really and and take a mark and uh, um, the coaches down there, Patty and well, she just sort of plonked that full forward and said, "Well, lead." And um, up the ground, uh, the guys were pretty sharp, although they weren't good kicks. <laughs> up the ground, so uh, you know, on the lead, you'd get quite a few. And um, uh, so that that was probably what I had, and uh, that's probably all I had at that stage. And um, uh, might have been part of the restrictions, sort of going forward as well. Well, yeah, the footage, you know, shows you sort of going into packs and you're moving very freely as well. You were how tall were you? Six, six foot or so? Uh, yeah, just six one, I think. Six one, okay. Yep. In the footage, you're also wearing long sleeves, Peter. Yeah. Uh, did you? Was that always long sleeves for you or not? You're too cold down south. <laughs> <laughs> was Melbourne too cold for you, Peter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait till yeah, you get no, to Tassie. Yeah, no, that's that's what I say. But um, <laughs> look, it might have been um, wet weather or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. I sort of uh, you just slap on the arms. It always hurts a bit. <laughs> but you were very noticeable. You had the long sleeves and you yeah. had a beard. Yeah, that was. Um, I don't think I'd ever shaved at that point, so call it a beard, might be stretching it a bit. It was more sort of a regular bunch of um, individual hands <laughs> sticking off the bottom of my chin. But, uh, Looking on the team photo, it looks like a pretty big beard, actually. So, <laughs> Well, I was also a uni student, so that was uh, what I had to, had to look like during the day. <laughs> what, what did you study, can I ask? I did science, um, was my first degree, and then subsequently I did, did some business, uh, some stuff in business and marketing. Okay. Uh, so I was um, through through that year at Richmond. Uh, I guess I had it pretty easy compared to some of the other blokes um, who were working. Um, I was sort of skiving off to uni and hanging about there, and then turning up to training later on. So, um, a life. interesting times. The the nineteen eighty season. I've always sort of read or interpreted that as. You never got to play a reserves game because Mark Jackson was playing full forward for the reserves. Is is that a fair assessment, or is there more to it? Uh, no, that's probably right. I think um, I think one week I might have been asked to play reserves the next day after under nineteen's game, and okay. I didn't quite feel up to it. Yeah. Um, uh, or had some injury or something. I, I, I can't even be certain that that's correct, but. Uh, that's right. So I don't think um, actually many of the guys played upper level in that year. It was kind of um, step by step by step, I think, more or okay. less in those days. There were some guys that came through, like um, you know, Brian Taylor was a good example. Um, he wasn't for the under-19s for long, but he played a couple of games that year. And uh, oh, yeah. Otherwise, it was, um, you know, you play your year and then you see where you get to next year. Yeah, does that... Is there a bit of regret of not getting a, a run in the reserves or, well, what could have uh, been, you know, with the seniors if down the track sort of thing? Do you sort of yeah, find yourself well, thinking back? Everyone's got a few regrets, I guess, but not, not, so, not so much for me. I mean, um, I don't think I was particularly well, well suited to footy in those days. Um, you've got, uh, you know, you've got talent, but what you really need to make it is uh, dedication and commitment and drive and I didn't really have that that second bit so um, at that time sort of coming from a different environment and uh, not having you know been brought up in Melbourne it wasn't footy wasn't a great big deal for me it became bigger later on particularly um, 
you know, if they had my own kids and they were playing footy and all the rest of it. Mm. But at that stage, uh, I just sort of got swept away with wherever the, the tide was going and that, that took me to state and other places. And um, uh, so I wasn't too fussed about it at the time. And I think, um, indeed, just thinking about things for this interview, Rhett, um, I guess I probably um, don't, don't really regret, still don't regret, but there's a lot of um, people who obviously take that footy club and other footy clubs very seriously. It's a big part of their life, you know, and I think about some of the the volunteers that were kicking around the under-19s in those days and um, even some of the people you met along the way. I mean, it's a very big deal for them. So uh, I kind of feel a bit sorry I didn't get to know them all a bit better and, um, you know, become a bigger part of that, that place. But um, yeah. I think overall, uh, if I had to trade it for everything I've done and what I've where I am now, I probably wouldn't do it. So um, that's the ultimate test for me. But, you know, that's the way life turns out. And I didn't realise this, but the 1980 grand final, the under-19s, was your last game with Richmond? Yep, yeah, that's right. That so um, the next year, I remember I played in a practice game with the seniors and uh, oh, right. uh, and was going through training. But um, I think they sort of knew I wasn't absolutely committed to it as well. I mean, I yep. wasn't the greatest trainer in the world and um, maybe a bit lazy and, you know, a bit too interested in other things at that stage. Um, but then uh, I don't even think they spoke to me about it. It was sort of I got a phone call from Tasmania, some guy in Tasmania, and he said, you're playing for us now. <laughs> so um, <laughs> off I was as a fly-in for a year down there. And um, this is with, uh, was City South at that time, which is South Launceston. I think Richmond were pretty keen on getting a kid up from Tassie. And, uh, okay, yep. Um, they might have um, just done a deal there. That was all fun, so off I went and ended up playing State of Origin for Tassie because um, oh. in those days, just for a couple of years there, that, that was um, defined by where you played your first senior game, which for me was in Tassie. And um, that's when like people like Jason Dunster were playing for Victoria. <laughs> they changed it pretty smartly thereafter. But um, uh, So, n- yeah, nothing, no seconds, no seniors, off to... Um, off to Tassie and then off to WA. Oh, you go, you're going all over the country, all over the countryside here. I was. I was New just, South Wales um, to Victoria to Tassie to WA. Yep. Um, <laughs> then I even played up in the Northern Territory for uh, <laughs> a bit of time in, in the, uh, the southern, southern summer. You're the Leyland but, brothers. Um, Look at you. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... Um, Where was the um, uh, uh, Tasmanian state match at? Uh, that was in Canberra, I think, against... They used to play in two divisions in those days, so there was the, the strong, yep. you know, the Vicks and the South Australians, and then Tassie played ACT at Queensland. I don't think New South Wales had, had a side in it that year, but um, uh, so it was very much second league. You know, it wasn't many, if any, people watching, and um, uh, still it was good footy, and... Um, uh, you know, it's a good thing to be involved yeah. with from the perspective of, of Tasmanian football too. They, you know, they love the game down there, and uh, um, they were very keen about uh, yeah. the representation at that level. Did you leave Tigerland? Oh, you might have already answered this. Did you leave Tigerland on good terms? Uh, I don't think I left on any terms. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just so, left. Yeah. 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 So um, I know. Um, 
uh, you know, as I say, I, I think they knew I wasn't sort of fully committed. And, and in those days, I think it was um, they they put a bunch of guys together who could play footy, and they saw what sort of came out the other end. And um, mm. uh, you, you know, you had to want it, and you had to fight your way through it in order to um, in order to play. Uh, and so, I know when um, I came. Well, actually, when I was in WA, it might have been also when I was in Tassie, a couple of other clubs, VFL clubs, um, Essendon and Footscray had a had a bit of a nibble. Um, but Richmond made it clear, I think, I wasn't going to be cleared at that point, um, even though they, they weren't playing me. Um, oh, right. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow you to, if that was to be even the case, they wouldn't let you go. Yeah, yeah, that's... I remember there's a couple of newspaper articles at the time about um, names mentioned in potential trades. Yes, and, um, yeah. uh, and I did a pre-season at Essendon and then did a pre-season at Footscray, I think, the following year. Um, but it was... And then, I don't know whether you remember, but um, Silvio Fascini was the first player to successfully uh, win a case on the basis of restraint of trade um, and then the floodgate sort of opened but I was a year or two before him and uh, the other clubs for Essendon didn't want to go to court they thought that they would lose so they tried to bargain with Richmond but nothing nothing appeared to be suitable for, um, mm. for both parties so I just pushed on so at any at any point did you consider a court option uh, I wasn't too phased about it as, um, you know, as a bit of a freewheeler in those days, which wasn't always a good thing, but um, uh, the clubs did, uh, Essendon and, and Footscray did, but I think were discouraged yeah. um, having spoken to their advisors, so uh, just didn't come to pass. You know, I think that's just one of many iron, irons in the fire that those clubs would have had with various players, but, but for, me, um, for me, it didn't happen. The, the, did you, did you, Mark Jackson, Michael Roach, did you ever sort of move in the same circle at the club? Um, did your paths cross much? Uh, yeah, I... I um, There's a few photo shoots, I see. Yes, it was. That, that was about... I mean, Michael Roach is a really nice guy, super nice guy. He um, would always have something to, to say, and uh, I mean, I've even bumped into him. You know, ten or twelve years ago, and he sort of remembered the, the days then. So he was just a nice guy. Jacko um, was a bit bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, That's my way to put yeah. it. <laughs> so I knew, I actually knew his some of his family from um, out Mitcham Way, where I had a few mates running around. It wasn't too far from Blackburn, and um, uh, so knew him and saw him about. And I mean, he was. Um, uh, you know, away from the limelight, I wouldn't. He didn't have a particular objective. He's a nice guy as well, but um, fairly often, uh, you know, he was he was dead serious about his footy, and um, yeah. anyone else was uh, anyone that might prevent that happening was <laughs> going to get <laughs> in the way at some point. So, but look, he's, he's a good enough bloke, a nice guy to talk to, and all the rest. But he just was fixed on his um, fixed on his uh, his footy. So did Michael Roach give you any goal kicking tips? Because he would lean quite over a lot when he would kick too. Did he? No, he had quite a low. Yeah. He had a bit of a low ball drop start with yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Did yeah. he offer any tips at all? No, we didn't. Um, 
Oh, look, he, he may have. But I remember that um, one of the things they used to make us do was um, just he and I um, were to get into the old gym there at uh, Punt Road and stand on um, a trainer's bench, um, yep. j- jump onto the ground and then spring up onto another trainer's bench. And uh, we had to do that hundreds of times. I think that was to improve the loop. I don't know how biomechanically um, <laughs> it, it, it worked out or what it might have done to the rest of our body. But So we'd be in there you know, jumping off trainers' benches and springing up onto the next one for a little while. So we had a bit of a chat in there, but um, uh, we didn't go out on the ground specifically to work on anything too much. I think we figured out where your arthritis and your ankles are from, uh, Peter, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, We've yeah. solved that problem. I don't know what they'd make of that these days, but... Um, <laughs> have, um, you been anyway. back, have you been back to Richmond much? I think I think you might have popped into the museum a few years ago. I, Is that right? I did. I... Um, I had a bunch of um, stuff from those days that had just been sitting around, you know, getting dusty, and uh, I was cleaning it out. But I happened to be down there because uh, one of my kids was playing at Punt Road that day, and uh, so I took him down there. And just luckily enough, the museum was open. I just sort of walked in with a box of stuff. And, you just walked in with the football you kicked a hundred goals with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was. Um, yeah, there's a bit of stuff there that was um, from those days. Cause my mum was an avid collector and oh, um, she had all sorts of stuff. But um, she kept the scrapbooks as well and all that sort of thing, did she? Yeah, she. Yeah, so I, I took in there what um, what might have been of interest to the club and oh, right. the rest might have um, gone <laughs> out with the trash. But uh, um, so you know, she had she had quite a bit of stuff down there. I um, uh, there were a few functions and things held, and there was. Um, a reunion that it the was, club yeah. sponsored after 20 years, I think, and um, there was some stuff produced for that. So, uh, and there's another one next year, of course, so we'll see what happens. Uh, oh, there is. They'll have one next year, won't they? Yeah, I, uh, I'm in touch with uh, Peter Williams, yep. um, who I think is still president of the past players, and uh, uh, I mentioned to him the other week that um, next year would be the 40th reunion of the thirds <laughs> said what are you going to do for us so um, we'll see what happens but uh, we've got together ourselves a couple of times over the years um, and most blokes actually get there you know there's a few okay. living all around Australia now and quite a few of the the, um, the boys from the north uh, from the Mallee uh, are back up there so but they always make an effort to come back and uh, catch up so we're you know, still reasonably close. There's a bunch. There's a core of maybe 10 or 12 or 14 there. And, uh, okay. uh, you know, it's good to catch up. So we look forward to it again. And do I assume that after you played in the 1980 grand final of the under-19s, you, what, went into the stands and watched the seniors that day? Uh, I, I didn't. Oh, right. <laughs> you didn't. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> right. No, I, I know... Um, uh, you know, most of the blokes were from the regional zones and most of them actually uh, had barrack for Richmond all their lives. So I think they were all quite keen to stay on and watch the seniors. Um, but uh, it was a sellout that day, Richmond and Collingwood, I think, wasn't it? Yes. And uh, myself and one other guy, um, could, by the way, we finished about half past ten, so there's a long time to oh, wait. Oh, that's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> there's still a reserves match. <laughs> So we uh, we didn't have tickets to get in, but we were given pass out. So we we sold our passes out the front for 
twenty dollars each, which was a fair old sum of money in those days, and there were obviously no tickets available, and, and uh, we went off and um, went back to a just a you know a gathering of, of mates yeah. having and uh, watched it on telly and had a few beers. So um, there's some lucky person listening now who got your pass out <laughs> and got into the game for twenty dollars. Well, I hope they got back in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed. So, final question is, did you, did you barrack for Richmond? And it, like, no, well, obviously no. not. You came from New South Wales, so... No, that's right, yeah. So, um... Uh, Do you barrack for Richmond? No, I don't now. So, I, um... I mean, when I stopped playing footy, I didn't look at footy on telly or go or even follow it for 10 years or so. Um, uh, you know, I was quite keen on playing footy and, you know the clubs I played with and all the rest of it. Uh, but when I'd finished, it was um, good to go and do something else for a while. And then about 15 years ago now, uh, I suddenly looked around and all my brothers and sisters and all of my mates all barracked for Collingwood. <laughs> and uh, oh, Don't tell me. Oh, don't tell well. me. Don't tell me, please, no. <laughs> so... Um, I've now been a member of Collingwood for about 15 years. We uh, we got a bunch of reserve seats together. There was, I think, you know, 20 or 30 of us at the time and, uh, you know, partners and kids and whatnot. And uh, that became our social catch-up, really. So we'd go to the pub for lunch or dinner or whatever it was and then uh, usually go off to the footy afterwards and um, uh, and watch the pies. I'm... <laughs> We've lo- oh, I'm going to have to call Brennan Gale or something and just, this can't be right. We can't lose Peter Lane to Collingwood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but look, uh, uh, you yeah, know, Brennan, I was thinking uh, about that, the Richmond Footy Club and uh, as I mentioned before, some of the, the guys uh, that were part of it then and some of the people you meet along the way in life afterwards and your footy clubs are amazing things in, in Melbourne particularly, I think, you know, so many people feel such a great attachment uh, to them and you know live through the clubs and identify so strongly with them it's uh it's, it's an interesting thing to to think about and so i know richmond have been uh uh you know so much a part of so many people's lives that they'd, they'd rather richmond than, than anything else you know <laughs> so i think it, um so uh yeah so you know it's interesting to reflect back on on the, the place footy clubs hold in melbourne well, uh, I know you said you're a footnote in Richmond's history, but uh, a pretty big footnote. Still the most goals by an under-19s player in a season. I'll figure out exactly how many that is one day, Peter, and I'll send you a text in the next uh, few weeks. Um, and look on the bright side. If, if anyone ever now messages you or says they're talking about you on the radio, you can just say, I've already done my interview. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I don't have to. I don't have I'll to go on the club or whatever it is. Just send yeah, no, no. the link. Um, on behalf of all Richmond supporters who saw you play, um, thank you very much for your contribution to Tigerland in those two years. And you'll be surprised. There's a, a lot of Richmond supporters who remember you, Peter, and I know would be very grateful for your time here. So thank you so much. Red, I'm I'm grateful to the club for the opportunity you gave me, and. Uh, um, you know, and uh, quietly surprised <laughs> and uh, I guess pleased inwardly that people do remember. So, um, uh, you know, in context, I still don't think it was, uh, it's, it's not like Michael Roach's contribution, for example, <laughs> but uh, it's great to have been a, been a part of it and, uh, 
you know, to continue to be a part of it. So, so thank you.